0: And we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the high button podcast. I hate to be that guy, but I got to ask a favor right off the bat. I hate to be that guy, but I'm being that guy right now. Head on over to our iTunes page on the app store. Type in. The High Button Podcast, give us a five-star rating, four-star rating, nothing below a four-star. If you want to, go for it. It's it's up to you. Uh, And then after that, leave us a little comment. It's little things like that that allow the High Button brand to grow without you having to give us any money, without you having to get up off the couch, get out of your bed. All you have to do is go to your phone, go to your laptop, go to that podcast app on iTunes and give us a rating and a comment. I do appreciate it and everyone else that's working at this company. Appreciates it. I don't know if you guys know this by now, but we actually hired our first full time employee. He starts Monday, September tenth. I'm not going to say his name. I think he he actually tweeted it out. Maybe we retweeted it. I'm not sure, but um, that's a a huge step for this company. We're really looking forward to, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to see what we can do with a full time employee, not just myself, Justin here, running it full time. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, we're able to do how much more work we're going to be able to accomplish. And I'm going to learn tons. Think about it. I, you know, essentially it's my job from nine to five to direct this individual of what to do and how to do it and, and how to do their job to the best of the of their ability. So it's definitely going to be a new situation for me, something that I'm, I'm looking forward to and something that I hope, like I said, will benefit this, uh, this company. Because who knows, I could completely mess up and I could tell them to go get groceries or something like that and benefits the company to no degree. So... I have no idea how it's going to go, but we're going to try to capture as much as we can on film as the learning process goes. I find that's the funniest content when, you know, you're trying to teach someone, you know, how to do something and maybe you don't learn it right away. I just find that there's funny humor in that. So I don't know. We'll see. A lot of things coming. A lot of things happening. A lot more cameras, a lot more mics, a lot more guests. This podcast studio here is, uh, has really changed the game for us. It's allowed us to work, you know, in a, in a distraction-free environment. So it's, uh, yeah, things are happening. But I've been saying that for three years. Things just don't happen. They, they take time. But, you know, you start to notice the little details as time goes on. So, like I said, things are happening slowly but surely. Um, today on the podcast, we have Dave Sampson. Dave is an award-winning artist here from the East Coast of Canada. He was actually nominated for the Pop Album of the Year back in 2015, No Pressure, No Diamonds. He's also been nominated for the Nova Scotia Music Awards with uh, the Digital Artist of the Year and Music Video of the Year. He's been a co-writer on the ECMA award-winning song uh, song of the year classified with no pressure. So the guy knows what he's doing. I've met him a couple times at uh, recent bars around town where he's just been playing uh, live performances, and we've always kind of, you know, flirted at the idea of him coming on the podcast. And today's finally that day. He seems like a great guy. He's very well known here in the music industry and and uh, in, um, in Atlantic Canada here and across Canada. So I'm excited to talk to Dave. It's going to be a great podcast. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we. Go. All right, Dave, oh. Mr. Sampson, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Finally, how's uh, how's this past? I guess six months been for you. Has it been six months? Well, March, March, April, oh May, June, God. July. It's been uh
1: It's been yeah, maybe eight months now. It's been fast. I mean, to be yeah. honest, I find. I would have thought it would have crept by, but, uh, no, I mean, you know, it's been, it's been fast and slow. It's hard to explain. I I know, you know, I can't believe that it's already uh, September, but, um, no, it's been good, man. I mean, it's, you know, it's weird times, weird times to be a musician for sure. I was going to say like, how, what, how do you practice? You just stay like at your place and practice. Like how how do you, Uh, well, I have a studio in my basement. Oh, do you? uh, Yeah. So I do, uh, you know, I'm still recording, and I'm still writing pretty yeah. full tilt, yeah. so, and I'm mostly doing all my writing on Zoom with other people. Okay, interesting. So that's kind of, uh, yeah, that's where how I've been spending most of my time, to be honest. Because
0: it is, like, I say this every time someone comes on, no matter what profession you're in, it's a time to
1: reflect and look on the work that you do and try to get better. Yep. It doesn't matter what you do. Exactly. I mean, for a little bit, it's, you know, it's easy to feel kind of bad for yourself and be like, oh, shit, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. And then... I kind of changed my attitude a little bit and started focusing on getting all my shit together to have all my ducks in a row for when things start becoming back to normal. So that means, you know, writing more songs, better songs, starting to record a new record. Uh, Yeah, just trying to be be prepared, I guess. Cool. So how does one get into the music game? I know for me, hockey
0: was my dad, so I started to play that sport. Yeah. But the music industry, I, I know nothing about. Yeah. So how, how do you get into that? Where well, does it start?
1: I mean, it's similar to that. I mean, sometimes it could be... I mean, it's different for everybody, right? Yeah. For, for me, uh, nobody... I, I didn't have any musicians in my family at all, but I was always around music. My father was a lawyer. My mother was a high school principal. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but my father was always really big into music and he was actually worked with a lot of musicians in Cape Breton, Rita McNeil for one. Yeah. And that was somebody that was kind of always around and I always heard that name and there was always musicians over having dinner parties and there's Bear, <laughs> Mac- Bear McNeil's playing in the kitchen and uh, it was always kind of like that. So I always kind of grew up around it. And then when I was around 14, I, uh, you know, my father would drop me off at a studio in Cape Breton called Lake Lake Wind Sound Studios in Port niconi and he would just drop me off and I would just be a fly on the wall as a kid. No. And they would let me hang out and uh a guy named Fred Lavery and Mike Sheppy, the guys that own that studio. So I would just be a fly on the wall and I'd watch the huh. bands like Slow Coaster or Matt Minglewood or guys like that in their recording. So I was kind of like a little studio rat. That's how you gotta for be a while. Yeah. So and then, so I so you know, and that kind of really made me want to do it more watching other people follow their dreams and it was definitely something that I wanted to do so that I guess that would be the start of it okay I've always wondered about how uh,
0: someone picks an instrument there's so many of them but yet you know, there's people that play the triangle, the flute, the trumpet, the whatever. The Nobody saxophone, plays the triangle. Whatever. <laughs> Will Farrell does, and that's, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, he's a great. He was great in that. Um, but how, how does how, you know how does one uh, find a, an instrument to play? Or is the instrument find you? type I think of it's thing? usually like parents
1: put their kids in piano. Yeah. You know, usually, I mean, usually parents kind of it's same as like same as sports, right? They they're going to put you in soccer, rec soccer, yeah. and they're going to put you in hockey, and they're going to they're just going to keep you busy. Right, okay. Because it's the, it's the same price as a babysitter, really, to drop you off. It is, it, is yeah. as, if you're a junior <laughs> at golf, you know they drop you off. That's that's eight hours of the golf course. Yeah, that, you know it's that's like, the same it's, thing. It's, it's it's cheaper than childcare sometimes. So piano uh, lessons. So it's p- piano, like the piano universal? is usually like the a lot a lot of times it's the bass. Um, I was in piano when I was a kid, and I just. I, I never really picked it up. I hated it, and I kind of contested it. And then when I—that was probably you know when I was eight or nine or ten. Okay. And then so I learned a little bit, and then I forgot it all. And uh, and then I decided when I was probably thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. That I wanted to uh, play guitar because that was cool. You know, as a fourteen year old. Yeah. I wanted to learn Green Day songs. Yeah. And uh yeah. Anything off of Big Shiny Tunes too. <laughs>
0: Oh the much music CDs. Oh yeah, yeah the I much remember music those. CDs. So yeah. I'd
1: bring those CDs into my guitar teacher. Yeah. And he would tab them out for me on paper. Yeah. And I'd pick what songs, you know, p- pick what songs I'd wanted to learn. So uh yeah, I mean that's kinda how it works. I mean it's depends on you know, and I was in the band for a little bit, so I played alto saxophone, but I sucked Did at you? that too. Yeah. Oh. I but I never I would just go next I would sit next to the best person in the class yeah. and I would fake playing it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So, I, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I, you know. So, I, basically, guitar was my main Office. instrument. And then I, then I kind of started to relearn instruments as I got older. So, I bought a piano probably six years ago and learned the piano. Yeah. And put, put a nice upright piano in my house in Halifax and uh, YouTubed it. So, I learned how to kind of start it back from the basics and learn the root chords. And then I taught myself how to play piano through that. So it's pretty easy once you kind of know the basics. I mean, I'm still not like amazing at it, but I can fake it. <laughs> That's half the business. Yeah, just sure. going through, it looking yeah, like you it know really what you're is. doing. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. though I remember I had a, I played the violin in
0: elementary. I was so bad. It came time to the Christmas concert. Right before we go up on stage, the teacher knocks on my shoulder. Justin, listen, I appreciate all the hard work that you're doing, but you just don't know the song. I forget what song we were playing. It was like <laughs> Do Re Mi <laughs> yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. So the whole time I'm up there, not even touching the strings. I'm just pretend. Hey, a yeah, ghost. Yeah. What do they call it? Ghosting.
1: Yeah, ghosting. I like, sure. Yeah, ghosting the that. violin.
0: So after, you know, every, you know the song's over, but it looks like I'm playing, so I get off the stage. My mom comes right up to me. She's like, Justin, your violin was the best violin I heard yours out of everyone else. <laughs> Little did you know I wasn't even playing yeah. at all, just air ghost and no
1: rhythm me. Yeah, got you, Mom.
0: Yeah, I know. Got <laughs> you, Mom. So I guess, out of how many years have you been in the business, since you were 14?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I haven't been in the business since I was 14. I mean, I started, I finished high school, went to university at St. Avex. Oh, did you? And that's kind of when things kind of started kicking off. Yeah, where I started to write my own songs and play open mics, and really start to develop a fan base, kind of there. And then that's cool. It, you know, and people started started kind of getting people hearing, you know, showing people my original songs and yeah. then getting good feedback, and then really started playing open mics. And then I started hosting open mics, and then I started doing. And then I had a lot of good buddies that worked for the U there. What's the oh okay, yeah. So like the student executives. So I had I always had good buddies that worked on in the entertainment there that I always booked, like brought in brought in all of the university bands that came in, like the Arkells or Benjamin Soundclash or Joel Plaskett or Matt Mays. So I would always grease my way in and get the opening slot because it was always like uh Mark Gillis. Do you know Mark Gillis? I don't know the name. Mark Gillis, he was he was uh, one of the VPs of entertainment, Aaron Flynn, another guy. Okay. Um, you would probably know Marculus. But, um, yeah, they would just hook me up. So I would actually get all these great opportunities opening up for a lot of people who are buddies of mine now, but I was huge fans of, you know, guys like Matt Mays and stuff like you know, And I, I definitely didn't deserve that spot because I wasn't good enough. Yeah. But I got it anyways. <laughs> and uh, sometimes that's not always the best just because somebody gives you an opportunity, and sometimes it's not always the best time to use that. Because yeah. I wasn't good enough for those. Yeah. So I was getting into bigger crowds and getting in in front of a lot of people where I wasn't ready and my material wasn't ready just yet to be playing in front of those crowds. But it still, it was still good and everyone liked it. But I wish I had a few more years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what started it was universe, and that's kind of what that's kind of where I started, you know, gaining a fan base, you know, because. <clears throat> people are always looking to root for the home team. Yeah. And at Saint Vex, it's a really small community, and there wasn't a whole lot of people doing what I was doing. Yeah. So as soon as, by the end of it, when my material started getting a little better, um, you know, people started kind of seeing something in me. So, and people started rooting, and then by my fourth year at Saint Vex, I was selling out the inn at 400 people, and nobody was doing that just because, and I mean, you know, half of it because I had lots of friends. It <laughs> helps, and uh, and and I and I still contribute that to a lot of my shows in Halifax. Is it's all about the people, you know, and yeah. uh, making sure you're put on a good time. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then when I moved left, Saint of X, I went to Halifax, and really kind of started kicking it into gear. That's wicked. Yeah. Um. When you start showing people your songs for
0: the first time, is that tough to do for the first time? I remember the first couple podcasts I did, I was terrified just to
1: click release. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool though. It's cool to like see people's reactions. Yeah, I think it's like you should be. You should be self aware. To, I'm not self aware, but it, you should be open to showing things to people, engaging what's good and not yeah. what's good or not. Because when you write something, you're you're obsessed with it for the first couple of days. I find, and you just think it's the fucking shit. Yeah, and you think it's, you know, you you might not. Have a clear sense on what it is yet but until you hear, you know, listen to it a million times and get sick of it. And then, but you need feedback on something, you need like a real, you know, I have lots of friends that tell me songs suck, and it's like, and those are my best friends. That's the good, that's what you want, yes, though. Yes, of course. Oh my god, like if you, you can't have everybody gassing you up Whoa. all the time, and that's such a huge part of music. And it's like people get gassed up because like people are scared to tell them the truth, yeah. And you know, it's a lot of young musicians that yeah. aren't ready yet. And everyone is like, "You're the best, you're you know no you know <laughs> all this stuff, but it's like really someone should be like, "I think you should really fix that course, man, yeah, I don't think it's hitting hard enough, and you know, I think you're singing a little out of pitch like you should like you need that people still call me. my girlfriend still calls me out on stuff like uh you know, it it's I think it's important to have critics and people on your side. And, you know, all my writing friends and all my peers and stuff like that, we're all like that with each other. Yeah. I might show Dylan Guthrow a song that I wrote, and yeah, he's, he'll be, you know, he's like, I'm not feeling it, man. And he'll tell me that, right? to break my heart right in front of him. You worked
0: yeah. on it for like two months straight. Yes, like, oh, yes. Damn. No, but I
1: mean, <laughs> it's like a part of it, right? It's like, and I mean, the thing is now with how I do it is... You're not working on them for two months straight. I mean, you're banging out songs in four hours. No way. So yeah. So I mean, usually the w- usually the way that a writing session will go. Like, I typically only co-write. I'll usually start songs, but then I'll bring them to other producers mm. and other writers. And usually, or or usually, like, say you and I are are ri- writing a song, right? We'll come into your studio. I'll have a I'll have like my Pro Tools or Logic on there, and I'll be building a track for it. And we'll just start writing it and it'll be done in three and a half hours or something like that. Sometimes I might have a little nug, I might have a little chorus, or I might have a melody or something like that, and then you might have a song title. Usually I write from the song title. And um and by four hours you should have a demo and it finished. And wow. yeah. Sometimes the the better the song, the quicker it gets written. Really? Yeah. And some songs take a little a little longer, and sometimes some songs need two sessions to, like, clear your brain. But it's really quick. You're not working on songs for that long because no one has time for that. You have to bang them out. Yeah. So it's, like, it's cool. Like, I mean, and the way that works now with COVID is all my writing sessions are on Zoom besides the, the writing sessions I have in Halifax with, like, the writers I work with here. But it might be myself a Nashville producer, or writer, and then somebody else in Toronto or two people in Nashville, and we're all on Zoom, and there's this uh, program called Audio Movers that basically uh, puts everything in real time. It gets rid of all the latency, and it's like, you can play me something from your computer, and I'm hearing it in real time. Cool. No so delay. No delay. So it's really, like, it makes it, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same as before. It's like wearing a condom. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the same. (laughs) It's not the same. I got you. But it's like, you know, it's... uh, So, yeah, I got used to that. And, (laughs) I mean, I never wrote more in my life. Wow. Because I was just home. And I didn't have any other things to be like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with the boys have a beer. I'm going to do whatever. So it was kind of a push. So, I mean, I was doing that full tilt with with uh writers from all over i mean the only, the hardest thing was was the uh the hardest thing was just the time zones and stuff right because nashville's three hours behind yeah. and la's four and so you're you know if sometimes you're starting at 11, like sometimes you have to start later in the day to cater for people that are starting early in the morning but it's really cool man like it's i'll always do it from now on cool I, you know even when the shit stops yeah. just because it's like it made the world so small. Yeah. You know, in my industry and with through my publishing deal and shit like that, it makes it really easy.
0: There's a lot of people not even in the music industry, just every industry that has any commercial space, they're like, "Yeah, you guys can work from home. Yeah. You guys can communicate. You don't need to be in the office."
1: Yeah, and they're saving lots of money, I mean. Some, you know, industries, a lot of industries are starting to, you know, are going to fold, but some of them are ramping up because I mean, you know, you know some of them but yeah. you're right. I mean, a lot of them are cutting costs. You know, a lot of the guys that I talk to that work in the business world, they don't think they're ever going to go back to an office Same. because because their employer is seeing like they're saving money on office space and they're still, and people are getting their shit done because now it's like all task and goal orientated, no fluff. Here's what you have to do this week or today. And you can, you know you can get it done quick and hit the golf course by three. Absolutely. Which everybody is doing. And I was uh, out there yesterday at like yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody is yeah. doing that, but but they're nailing their work, you know, and it's like I think it's cool. Everyone I talk to loves it. Yeah. Well, I work from home too. You know, I've, I'm just more
0: productive. There's something about just waking up from your bed, showering, getting breakfast, coming down here that just allows you to come to work stress-free. I remember going to an office be in the bus, be in the car. You're just frustrated with yeah. traffic. It's just kind of nice to be able to be in your own space. Yeah, and I as, like as it. As long
1: as you have some like, uh, as long as you have goals, and as long as like somebody's keeping you on track, yeah. and have tasks, and you, and you get those done. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's you know there's something. I mean, it's nice to be around people for sure. It, it is. It like, gets old when you're by yourself and at home, and it's like you know all that yeah. stuff. I feel that, but uh, I don't know, man. We'll see what it's like. Yeah, man. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you ever have fear when
0: you started performing in front of crowds at the first uh, first couple shows, or you still get a little nervous? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, you do. You always kind of do a little bit, but uh, not as much anymore. It's hard to say if it's fear or adrenaline. Adrenaline. It's really, there's, I don't know if there's a difference, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the feeling. It's the same thing. It feels good. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's cool. I don't really feel it anymore. The smaller the crowd, the, the weirder I feel. Really? Yeah.
0: Why is that? I don't
1: know. Smaller the crowd. Yeah, like when I go you almost like, have to connect with, like, the seven yeah, people Yeah, when or I something. go in, like, you know you know, when I go in and... Say I do a house concert for forty people or something like that. Yeah, I mean that's a little weirder because it's just a little smaller. It's a little more connected, and uh, you know when you go, if I go play the marquee and there's six hundred people there, it's a little different. Yeah, You know it's like it's just you're looking at a crowd you're rather looking than at faces. A crowd. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's hard to explain. So, but yeah, the I really don't. That's how I feel. I yeah. don't know why it's hard to explain. That's fine. I feel like a lot of people feel that way, to be honest. Well, it's good that you still get a little bit nervous. That means
0: that your heart's in it, you know? Like right yeah. I've done a million of these a podcasts right before you came. I'm still just a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I know, I know the podcast is gonna be great, but if you don't have that little fear, you're like, yeah, you're dead.
1: Yeah, I think it's like I don't know, you gotta feel something, don't you? Gotta you gotta feel something in the gut. You gotta <laughs> yeah. feel something. Like can't be numb. I mean, that's why we do this. Exactly. So yeah.
0: a little thrill. Yeah. Little roller coaster drop, um, Nashville. Yeah, I heard Nashville's like the new L.A. Nashville. I
1: heard it's well. Nashville's always been Nashville for like music. And the L.A.'s acting. Nashville. You've been? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in Nashville a lot. Have so, you? So I was in in the last year. I was in Nashville every month and a half for like two weeks at a what? time. So I would say, yeah, because I was writing so, f- so much <laughs> with. Uh, with uh with artists there, and that's a, where a lot of my community is. So I kind of got brought in from a, with a guy. I got brought into the city by a guy named Gordy Sampson. Uh, no relation, and he's like a big writer there, and basically introduced me to his publisher, introduced me to that kind of world, and yeah. So I started going once I signed a publishing deal with Sonic here. Yeah. Uh, right. we started going there full tilt. So wow. I'll go there for two weeks at a time, and. Write, you know, I would write, I would write every day for two weeks with different people, strangers, and then I would sometimes two a day, so I'd write two songs a day.
0: So, so they're paying you for write these two songs.
1: No, they're not paying me. I'm getting paid through – I'm, like – I'm getting – my publisher is, like, picking up the flights and all that stuff. Yeah. Because they are paid me in advance, and they take a p- percentage of my publishing. Okay. So, I'm there. They're basically setting me up to write with the, we're right with these artists in hopes of getting cuts with other artists. Oh, see what you're saying. Yeah. So, that's – so, I was doing that full tilt, and that was supposed to be my whole next three-year trajectory. We oh. had all we – had, we had so many flights booked because we were – we were going so much, and then we had to cancel everything. So it was cool. I mean, you know, I'm still thinking about moving there, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. It's just where my industry said. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still writing with all those guys on Zoom, pretty much. Wow. And a mother, you know, when I was getting those rights at first when I first started going there. You know, I'd go there, I'd have two weeks there, and I'd have maybe five rights set up. But then I would hit the ground, and I would be on Instagram, and I would be messaging people. No way. And, yeah, and name dropping, and trying to do anything I can to get in a room with these guys. So, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's actually started to work out where... A hustle where by you know the fifth or sixth time i was going down there i was overstacked, and if anything canceled i could pick up a new one pretty quick and uh it was great man i love the vibe that's where the my industry's at it just doesn't exist here yeah i agree you know there's only a couple of guys that are really doing that around here and we're all everyone's so busy it's hard to yeah. connect so i mean there's people like dylan guthrow or brie mckinnon Corey larue neon dreams um Quake Matthews a little bit. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about like on the co-writing side of things, yeah. but it's yeah, it's a pretty small circle. So of, it's almost like you gotta leave. You don't have to leave. I don't have to leave at all. No. I, can, I can stay here and live here and fly make a living. There. Yeah, yeah, as long as I'm there, and like you can just. It's kind of like a, it's a town where. Um, you have to keep coming back or living there, or it's like, or it's because you can't just you can't go back there every four months, because you're gonna lose your steam. People aren't gonna book you for like publishers aren't gonna book you in to write with their artists because there's somebody else. Somebody else came in. It's a town. Ta- it's there's twenty five thousand songwriters in that town. Wow. It's that that's a music city. That's the. Is it always only, been like that? Yes, it's the only town. It's the only city in the world. Where the industry is music, it's like that's it. Yes, people. But the but it's the idea is like. But it's a really small circle of the people that are really doing it because, like anywhere else, think of it like L.A. Everybody goes there to be an actor. How many people actually end up like less than one doing it? Yes, exactly. And like Nashville, and like like the U.S. There's 300 million people in the U.S. And every Joe Blow from every shitty American town, small town, that everyone's gassing them up, like, Becky, she's hot, she's got a great voice, you gotta go to Nashville, you're gonna make it, so everyone's gassing them up, and they all get off the bus, and, there's, and it's like that everywhere. You know all those small towns, right? Yeah. Especially the Bible Belt. Yeah. And what's they, the Bible Belt? Well, it's just like uh, Ohio and like okay, it's like okay. it's just like the Bible very, belt. very religious Midwest America, <laughs> and uh, or the banjo belt, where, you know, either or, but um, you know, and they show up there and they and they. They flood that town, right? But they're not... It's oversaturated. Yeah, but there's not a whole lot of, like... doesn't mean they're good enough to be there. So everybody's there trying to be famous. Everyone's there, got their cowboy boots. In, yeah. But there's it's really small. And I actually got really lucky getting there and getting into... I almost skipped five years of people, of going there and living there and getting to know people because of some people that I knew there. They kind of... I kind of got to bypass the bullshit a little bit of like the real hard it's not i'm not bypassing the grind but i got to like i got in some nice rooms and i got in with some nice publishers really quick where it takes some people will spend their whole life there and never get in those rooms only because gordy sampson who's a big hookup i don't know if you know who gordy is. i know who gordy is. he's from home and i actually he wrote jesus takes the wheel what he wrote, like... He's from... He, where's he from? He's, from? he's from Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, like... Oh uh, you know Jesus Take the Wheel? Yes, man. Wait, yeah. I saw
0: him at a, a songwriter circle last year.
1: Oh, yeah, Bruce Guthrow. With yeah.
0: Bruce Guthrow.
1: Exactly, yeah. And he
0: was incredible. Same with Bruce. And there was another person there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, those guys are, like... So, I mean, Gordy... But Gordy wrote a million other number ones. He wrote... This year, he wrote, like, uh, Knockin' Boots.
0: Yeah, I know knocking Boots. Yeah, the,
1: the Luke Bryan song. Scott Hellman this year. I know that you got hang ups, baby. Please don't hang up. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that that's the number one there. Like he's in uh, you know, oh my god, Rascal Flats, Keith Urban, Bon Jovi, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Carrie Underwood, like all these like it's it's really big. He's one of like the top percent writers there, you know. He I lives mean, there full time? Yeah, he's lived there for like fifteen years. So so he kind of brought me in to his circle because when I was 21, just finished – 22, just finishing university, I got invited to a song camp of his. And he brought – and he was, like, coming back. And it was, like, the Gordy Sampson song Yeah, camp. Quake was at that too, Quake right? was yeah, at it. Yeah. Every, like, a lot of people went through it. and But, I, like, I got invited the first year, and – and I was there for every year since ten years.
0: There's, I remember seeing it on social media for the first time, and it was such a buzz because it was kind of this unknown thing. But all the best artists from this part of the world were just in one. It looked like a farm almost. Yeah,
1: it was. It was in the Celtic Lodge in in yeah. in, uh, in Inganish in Cape Breton, which is like a five star resort.
0: And I remember looking at Quake's story. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, you were there. Neon Dreams was there. Yeah. There's a bunch of people there. And then when he came back, I asked him, and it just it just looked like an amazing thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's he kind of like. Years ago, he kind of wanted to give back and like and teach people, teach the community, especially in Nova Scotia, uh, about co-writing and Nashville co-writing. What's and the difference between co-writing and Nashville well, it's co-writing? Just, it's the same thing. Okay. So it's like, it's just, but it's just, it's just a big thing there where everyone comes in the room and you collaborate yeah. and you bang out a song versus like a lot of times if you're by yourself you're just it takes forever and you're banging your head off a wall and like you know three heads are better than one in my opinion. And when writing a song? Yes, well, especially writing like pop songs or or kind of popular songs like if you're Bon Iver or if you're like some artist artist like I you know you're better off by yourself, you know, some people just write better songs by themselves. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I just I always had trouble writing songs because I could never finish them. I just couldn't and I just didn't think they were good and I wasn't sure and but to like to get together like you and I and somebody else where we can at least you can be like no that's not a good idea and it's like it's just easier they just you just get through the songs quicker and that's how they do it in Nashville they they write every day sometimes twice a day and that's 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 where that industry is it's co-writing so it's like it almost sounds like the movie industry
0: and in scripts like some writers struggle with finishing a movie it's
1: exactly like that. It's like but they just like yeah you everyone is collaborating and writing together. So Gordy came home took that took that idea came home invited all, a lot of the top Nova Scotia artists and basically you know the first year there was 10 the next year there was 20 the next year there was 30 and then that 30 stayed for five or six years and then people would leave after two years and they'd bring in new artists, cool. new people to the camp. And to, you know, I mean, Neon Dreams, Quake Matthews, Port Cities, Rhea May, Mo Kenny, um, <laughs> Donovan Woods, Caitlin Smith, Scott Hellman, um, Reeny Smith. Everybody, everyone has gone through that camp uh, that are, you know, for the most part, that in Nova Scotia, that, are, you know, still have a career kind of like, I mean, it really taught them fundamentals of writing and collaborating. And a big thing for that was like, I didn't have any buddies that played music when I got invited to that camp. I was all, all my buddies were hockey players and rig pigs. So West, like, they <laughs> shout out to Knox. Like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, and that was just kind of, <clears throat> that was just cause I grew up in Sydney. I grew up in Cape Breton. Like, you know, just because it's a there's a lot of music around that town. Yeah. I just wasn't around it, so I didn't really have my community until I, and, until I was invited to this camp, and then I met all my best buds and got hooked up. No way. And that's when I met Gordy, and that's how we became great friends. You know, 11 years later, he's definitely one of my best buddies. And he kind of brought me into Nashville and brought me into that scene. So that's kind of how I ended up there. That's so incredible. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's... You know, I really, I owe him a lot. So it's, I love
0: this, this story comes up every like three or four podcasts about someone that's been extremely successful from Nova Scotia leaves, comes back and lifts the next guy up. It's not just Gordy. It's Crosby. It's McKinnon. It's, it's other guys in business. It's, it's incredible how many people from here care about Nova Scotia and where people come from just to lift them up. It's awesome.
1: Well, I mean, you have to give back, right? And I think those guys want to do that. And then you're going to do that one day for a guy. Well, hopefully. You know? Yeah, hopefully. That's awesome. For sure. I think it's like we do come from like a, you know, this is a really supportive kind of kind of province you well know, it goes every- back
0: to what you said like it's you gotta know friends you need to know people you have to treat people with respect because yeah. if you don't you're not going to get anywhere in nova scotia
1: no i mean it's you know the last thing you want to be is an arsehole yeah <laughs> i mean it's pretty good you know that it's not it's, hard to be a good guy it's not hard to be a good guy you know what i mean and uh and i also think it's just like it feels good to help people out doesn't it yeah it does right i mean those crosby and mckinnon and those guys like it's the exact same thing yeah. If you're not giving back, it's like what are you doing? Yeah, you know
0: they allow guys that like uh, maybe they're you know a junior player and they might be getting drafted to the NHL. Like they'll allow them to skate with them in the summer and like little yeah, things like that cool. that they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just cool.
1: cool. Well, that's m- still mentoring. You yeah, know? of course, it's still it like is. gassing them up.
0: So. Yeah. Um, let's say me and you are best friends and we're both uh, co-writing a song together or and we're taking a trip to Nashville. We got a flight to Nashville. Mm-hmm. We're gonna land at like eight A. M. and we got a full day of work there. From eight A. M. from the time our flight lands till two AM, whatever how late we're staying out, mm. what what do we do? You you tell me. Are we working there? Or we're are we working partying? We're, but we're working, but you gotta remember it's also my
1: first time uh, in Nashville. So I wanna see some food and I wanna have yeah, a beer. Yeah. yeah. So mean, what are we doing? So usually like na- like everyone talks about Broadway in Nashville, right? That's Kay. like the downtown. That's like that's where all the honky tonks are and stuff like that. I mean nobody from Nashville goes there, right? Okay. So like it's like because it's so, it's, tourist. it's like, you're not going to go to Kid Rock's fucking bar. He has a like, bar there? Everyone has a bar there. It's really weird how it works. And it's like, you know, there's Confederate flags on the walls and shit. Like, it's really like, it's a It's pretty wild down there. You do have to go to Broadway once, but no one hangs out there like the yeah. musician side of things. You hang go to East Nashville, you go get some Mexican food or something like that. Um, yeah, and then you usually, like, the way writing sessions work there, they start at 11 and they end at 3.30 sharp. It's, it's, oh, that's, that's so how quick it, it's the best hours, best work day Starting to like, Nashville already, that's So wicked. that's how those guys, and I mean, it's different for everyone, but that's usually the way it starts. So and, then what do
0: you do when you're done work?
1: I mean, a lot of guys are going, picking up their kids from private school, or they're going, <laughs> and they're or, they're, or they're, like, or they're continuing to work, like, on the track okay you know what i mean so it's a usually if you're the way usually those co-writing sessions work is like it'd be you and i say we're the writers we're yeah. the top liners okay and then there's somebody that's usually a track the track writer so you're on your computer on the studio and you're actually like building you're actually building the song as we all kick it off and as soon as we get the course and the melody and the key he he like you know might be like a might be a you know, a stomp or it might be a, a drum thing and then add some guitar. And they kind of, once you kick off and the, the map of the song is there, which usually should be in the first hour, then the track guy'll put his headphones in and start building that track till it sounds like a real song that could be on the radio, how good the, these are. And then, In an hour he can do that? Yeah, I mean, an hour and a half could build the bass of it. And then he comes back, he's like, what do you guys think? And you listen to it. And then you write the whole rest of the song and because it's already mapped out and then it just needs words and melody, the melody should be already there a little bit. And that's where the, you come in. Or, yeah, or you're always kind of like, yes, yeah, sussing it out. And then by, you know, by the third hour, fourth hour, it should be all done. And then you just use a microphone just like this in an SM7 and you lay down, lay it down. And then when you leave, you should that demo is done. You play it in your car, and it sounds, and it should sound amazing.
0: The person that's creating the the beat, you said at the beginning, what do you, the melody, sorry, the track, the writer, track, right?
1: track writer. So he's still writing the song, but he's, his job is to make that track sound shit hot. And those guys are like those track writers. Do they get paid a lot? Those guys sound important. Yeah, those guys are just as important as anybody else in the room, because a lot of times that switches hands. But yeah, they're, it's important because the way it works is like. Someone like Gordy in Nashville, who's like you know, be a top kind of end writer. He probably writes 130 songs a year, right? Passes them in, and to de- his label, demo yeah. pass them to his publisher. Publisher. His pu- The reason you're writing these songs, your publisher takes a cut of your publishing, but their job is the they're the middleman to pat to get it in the hands of the artists. Okay, I understand. And that. labels and management. So yeah. they hear like us. They hear. You write a, a song that sounds pretty close to like Luke Bryan or yeah. or uh, Luke Combs, okay, or John Party or I don't even Chris know Chris Stapleton. You, Chris Stapleton, uh, you you kind of then the publisher takes it and their job is to like you know this really sounds like Luke Combs and they that that gets pitched to Luke Combs, or at least their people. Really, so the label hear it and they're and if they think it's like good enough to pass through them, then they'll actually pass it down. And that's how quick it goes. Get and the then, fuck and out then if here. Luke Combs is like, "Man, I love this song. I want to cut it. I want to put it on hold." Then it gets put on hold. No one else can touch it. He just buys it. Says he doesn't buy it. He puts it on hold, and you hope that he records it. It could be on hold for a year. It could be on hold for four months. But what if
0: someone else wants it? Like, why does he just get to put it on hold without putting down any money? Um, because you want him just to have it. Yeah, he's that big of want, a name. Yeah,
1: you kind of want it. It's yeah, you kind of want it. Sometimes there's a fight over it, but really? I mean, it's more about yeah. Usually you got to put it on. You either get to put it on hold, or there might be a bidding thing of like if you're gonna do it, then fucking record it. Yeah, and then uh, do you care this much about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean the way it works is like, yeah, you hope you're always hoping that those songs get get cut by bigger artists. Um, so that's what the the publishing company. Their job is they're the middleman. So the way publishing deals work, I think we got off topic on what we're doing in Nashville. Yeah, I know so we're landing at eight a.m. and we're <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> it's all good. Let's
0: just say it's three p.m. and then what are we three, doing? Three p.m. Where are we going to dinner? Yeah. Oh,
1: we're going to dinner. We're probably somewhere in East Nashville. East man. Nashville. Like, yeah, I mean it's there's you barbecue there is amazing, right? So yeah, Do you got to wait in line for it. Is it that good? Some places, yeah. There's like there's old like honky tonks and old Roberts Western World and there's some like really like cla- hot chicken that's a thing there you oh. like hot chicken do you like hot stuff
0: yeah like valentina's sriracha all that no that's not that's not is, hot
1: this is different this is like you need to take a sh- bath after eating this you gotta shit sign a contract yeah you really do <laughs> well i mean it's just kind of like hot chicken it's like hot oil and spices and it's like burn your face off no nah, that's not that's a me. big thing for there and it's like it's good some of it and then uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like when I go there I'm working. Like I'm not sometimes I'm drinking and having fun and carrying on, but your bus- it's a business uh, trip. It's a business trip for sure. And then but I mean I always pick a few nights where I get yeah. into one. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean that's it's I go there and work, but it's but I do go there and drink too. I love it. <laughs> but, yeah. I got to get there. Everything's cheap, right? I mean, you can smoke in the bars. You can you can uh you know, you can you know, you can get a Pab's for for a dollar no. In some bars like yeah I mean it's shit, that's shitty beer but yeah, uh, I don't care that's, that's yeah, good yeah, enough yeah. for me it's good though it's cheap you can, you know and you can uh, I mean there's lots of stuff you can go to the rock and roll mu- you know the country country museum you can go to the Grand Old Opry you can go to the Rhyme and Theater which is like the mother church of country music and Let's uh, talk a bit closer to that oh that yeah sorry. sorry there's a uh, I mean there's lots of you know there's lots of things to do I mean there's lots of history there right yeah it's it's Nashville so anyways I think it's it's a cool town you know my buddy I'm gonna tell you a funny Nashville story mm-hmm.
0: my buddy works I uh, won't well, say where he works a job and he has three older guys that worked at the place that he worked at and they were all drinking in a, a shed one night it was like 4 a.m and they all for some reason just go you know what boys let's just go to Nashville tonight <laughs> so they all booked flights 4 a.m for an 8 a.m. flight. They all call their wives. All They all got kids and shit like that. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, listen, honey, we went to Nashville. So they know they're in shit when they get back. So all these guys go to Nashville, get hammered, have a great time, all come back. They have to do, like, counseling because they all went to Nashville just for, like, a party. And they really? left, like, spent money. They come oh. back. They have to do counseling. And then eventually they all go to counseling. And, like, all three of the guys, like, won the counseling session because— they're like, yeah, we needed it. We needed some steam. The counselor agreed with the the guys. Like, yeah, you guys, it's all good. You went to Nashville. You had fun. Oh my don't god. Don't worry about Those it. Those guys. That's a lot of balls. It them. just went oh for it. Oh my god. Imagine you just hammered with the boys, 4 a.m. Well, I guess to you it's nothing, but to me, yeah. Yes. You go no, to Nashville. I don't
1: think I would get in trouble doing this?
0: You just all you got to say though is you're going for work. That's it, and then you'll, you'll everyone believe like you. That. It Doesn't work like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's smarter than that. <laughs>
0: I gotta go. It's a writing session. Yeah. I gotta go. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask next? Oh yeah, you had a great song with Classified and
1: Snoop Dogg. You were you wrote it. Yeah, I'm one of the writers on that song. Talk yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, oh my god, what is that? So year, a few years ago, I ended up. Uh, one of my first records came out. Um, I had a song called "No Pressure, No Diamonds" on it, and that was the the record was called "No Pressure, No Diamonds." and i kind of met classified through david miles briefly and i heard that he was looking for i heard he was looking for tracks for his new record and so i pitched him my album to sample and to to, and to see if he wanted to work and write on it and you know three days later i get an email back and he's like whoa hey dave like Love the record. Love that first song, "No Pressure, No Diamonds." Check this out. And he sent me back. He didn't tell me like, "Cool, let me have a listen." He actually remixed the first song before he even came back to me, and hit me back up with that song, which was, which was the beat and him chopping up the chorus that I'm singing for the song. So he's like, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, you didn't even say like, "Cool, hey Dave, thanks for the email. Let me have a listen." It was like, he already took it and remixed it then and He sent it back classicals. to me. And I was like, I was like, shit, that's so cool. You know, so I get his response was, was my song already remixed and ready to go? And then he's like, he's kind of like, he really liked it. His label liked it. And then so he wrote a verse for it and sent it back to me. And I was like, holy shit, this is happening. Because I was a huge fan of Classified. Yeah. Everyone was. I mean, growing up around here. Still I mean, am. Yeah, I still am. And, uh. So then he sent that back to me, and then they're like, "They're like, I think this is going to be our single on our next record," and uh, which was getting coming out by coming out through Atlantic Records, uh, which is a nice big label that he was signed to at the time. I don't know if he still is, but uh, so I mean, I was already gassed up because that was such a fucking cool thing, and and then randomly at like f- six o'clock in the morning, I was in Cape Breton for some reason, and I get this video sent to me texted from me it was from luke classified i was like hey dave guess what you're not gonna you're not gonna believe what happened and he's like and he's on the video and he he turns this you know turns it over and it's them in a studio in a makeshift studio at the willow bend in truro oh because he's shooting with the trailer park boys he's shooting with the trailer park (laughs) boys and it's him and snoop dogg and my buddy who's the who's there brought a studio in Thomas Stasier at Joel Plaskett's studio. And he was like, you're not going to guess what's happening right now. And it was fucking Snoop Dogg in this stupid motel room <laughs> recording a verse on this uh, on this song. So that was how I found out was through this video, and I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. It basically, they took an opportunity with Snoop Dogg being here for the Trailer Park Boys. Get the fuck paid him some cash, and he came down and... Uh, and recorded a verse on the on that song, and then they put it to radio, you know, probably five, four months later. Wow. So it was really cool. And then it just, in the last year and a half or something like that, it just went gold. So it was my, my first gold record in Canada as a songwriter. Man, so, congrats. That's incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. That's yeah, it's, awesome. It's cool. It's cool to have Snoop Dogg on my wall, you know, a big gold <laughs> record. I feel like I'm looks like a like 13-year-old me in my room with a big picture of Snoop Dogg on the wall. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's cool. I mean, it's awesome because, I mean, who? That's cool, right? It's weird. I couldn't. It's it's still weird to talk about because it doesn't Why? make any sense. Who cares? It's, not, we- it's not weird. You deserve it. No, no, no. It's not weird to talk about. It's just like, it's just bizarre. It's like who would have thought? I'm from Cape Breton. I'm like a ginger kid from Cape Breton. <laughs> <laughs> the, hey, nothing plays, wrong with gingers. Plays, don't worry no, about No, I know. It. <laughs> who plays acoustic music? And then my first gold record was with Snoop Dogg. So it's really cool. I like you know I'm really proud of it. I'm like that's awesome, and that opened up a lot of doors for me with writing and, and writing in Canada and getting in rooms with some good Canadian pop acts and stuff like that. Just because that kind of gives you a little bit of clout and people see that. Yeah, and uh, it was good. I ended up working on a couple other tracks. With Class classified on that record. Another song called Oh No, and uh, yeah, I did some shows with him and played some played Wee Day with those guys. And oh yeah, some like. Really cool, really cool opportunities. That's actually, great. so it was awesome, man. Yeah, I love that crew.
0: I feel like it's moments like that where you know you're on the right path because all in this journey, that you know the the artistic journey, you're like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Should I be an accountant? Should I go back to school? Yeah. And then you have moments like this, and you're like, no, I'm doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, the
1: milestones like that definitely keep you going. Yeah, and I mean it's like that with everything. Yeah, um, but you do always need you know something that makes it worth it. And yeah, I'm lucky that uh, I've keep kind of hitting those and you know just and it always happens when you're just feeling you know feeling low or just feeling yes. a little stagnant yeah. and that for me i find that shit just fucking happens yeah. as soon as i get in that mindset something pops off it's weird and you know and it might not be right away but i mean yeah it does and i think like this this like industry is you have to keep going you know there's so many people that quit right before shit can pop off or that gets a little hard and I mean it's, and for some people it's just not a reality unfortunately and it's it's just yeah it's different but uh, shit man like shout out to Quake Matthews like you know he's been fucking grinding he's been doing it and he's like and everyone knows him in Canada people like as like the goat he's amazing and uh, I can't wait for him to really like you know I think he's like just a song away from doing yeah. it he's already doing it, but I just mean, like, really hitting it. Mm. And, uh, you know, and there's lots of guys like that, so. He's coming on next week with him and Jai's dad. Oh, nice, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: we were at his surprise party last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I missed that. I was going to go at the Daily Grind. Yeah, the Daily Grind.
0: And I think I ended up talking to Jai more than Quake. Yeah. And then when Jai, I, I was like, Jai, own...
1: you got to come on the podcast. I heard his old man is, is lit. He's awesome.
0: All the stories he has. Oh, yeah. Like the stories he has, and oh, yeah, I'm just excited for him to come on the podcast.
1: Yeah, those guys are, I, you know, I got I was a huge Quake Matthews fan before I met him, too. Right? I mean, those, you know, I get a lot of time for him, and I think he does the same for me. Uh, you know, I can't wait. I always love hearing new Quake Matthews songs, man, me too. Amazing, like, yeah, yeah. And
0: awesome. he never like tells anyone he's working on, I guess he does, but like it just kind of comes out of nowhere. He's like, all right, it's coming tomorrow. Yeah, he's pretty it's a low new video.
1: Key. Yeah, he's good, man. He works hard. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it's very, you know, I see it. Yeah. It's good.
0: It's coming. Yeah. It's there. Um what do you think about performing uh, live shows coming up? Do you think you're going to be ready to go or it's just going to come back to you like that? How does it
1: uh how does that sit in your mind? I'm trying to figure out what that looks like right now. Yeah. Um shit. I mean, I don't really mind. I'm not really scared. To be honest, like of like big crowds and stuff like that, especially around here. Um, but I am a little nervous of like that's what we're trying to figure out what that looks like right now. I've played a couple of private things. How many people? I, uh, I did a si- I did one on Shore Drive a few weeks ago for. I think there were sixty five outside space. Oh, like the bed for people there down there. Oh yeah, the bed for people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, was, I'm sure was, you got a hat out there. There for was tips. a lot. There <laughs> was a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck and yeah, ice hundred. That in there. was, you know, that was. Those are like, those are good. Those, 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 those are a lot of fun, and yeah, those they're great money, yeah. and they pay really well. Yeah. But um, so I've been doing actually a handful of those kind of private things nice. for kind of that that kind of side of things and yeah. people. They pay great. They're intimate. They're cool, and people you really get feel connected. Yeah, you stay, you hang out, you have some drinks. It's like it's the best networking opportunity you could ever have, and so that's kind of like the host concerts and small kind of things. I mean, that's what's what I've been doing. Yeah, but now we're looking at you know what's gonna happen. What's my next Halifax play? You know, last time I played Halifax, I mean, we, it was we you know, there's five hundred and fifty people at the marquee this time last year. That was my last Halifax show. Wow. And because I only play this market once or twice a year, right? Yeah. To to make sure that I hold on to that ticket val ticket price and the value of the ticket and to not overplay or oversaturate the market. And now I can't do I can't put what I can I can't put the amount of people in a room legally than I can you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So now, I think it's 200 people or something. Yeah, weddings mm-hmm. and performances are at 200, I think, right Yeah, now. so, I'm, but it also has to be 200 people spaced out. So, I don't know what venues that is. I mean, there's people looking at booking, like... The form? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's, like, oh, it's so I gross, know, but it's, and, like, spread out. Like, it's the only... Yeah, you can kind of only do it with, like, cabaret seating. Oh, I see stuff. what you're saying, yeah. And, oh, yeah, but you can do it spread out, but it's, like, it's kind of... That's the best way to be cabaret seating. If you can have, like... Tables of 10 people as a pod. That's what Matt Mays did at the Shore Club.
0: Every time I've seen Matt Mays at the Shore Club, I don't remember leaving.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, I don't know what it looks like, man. Like, I don't know. That's, what does it look like? I'm a little scared of the backlash of, like, doing something in Cape Breton or even here where I do something with all of the rules and regulations in in play and social distancing and all that shit, but then drunk people in my crowd is really rowdy. It's a lot of bros and girls, and like yeah. people go there to have fun. It's not like this these hipster kind of like chill, the back. chill. Yeah. Like it ain't like that. People are people are wasted. It's just the way my shows have always been. They're fun. Yeah, that's, that's why people go to them. That's how you like, do it. Yeah, so it's like I'm a little nervous that no one's going to listen to that stuff especially in Cape Breton a little bit yeah. and not because people are ignorant or anything like that it's just the way it is there and I'm a little scared of backlash of putting something on and then the, a whistleblower or somebody kind of being like you "Yeah, know, Dave was responsible for this because there's, there's two, no way people are going to yeah I mean it's hard to say unless you know so I guess we're just going to see I think the key is small concerts small groups where you can where they're like gatherings and they're a little easier to yeah. kind of kind of maintain and and then see what's up i mean i don't know
0: it's yeah it's weird
1: yeah it's weird i'm just trying to think of venues right now like i can't even yeah i mean i know there's some people looking at like looking at like i got asked i got asked to do uh, a show last week i got asked to do this show that happened last week you know a month ago and it was at the, where the Halifax Jazz Fest is downtown on the waterfront there. Okay. Yeah. And It was like a drive in kind of thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Sea Atlantic. Chris Larson did yeah, it. Yeah. So
1: it was those guys. And I didn't, I passed on it because even though the money was really good, uh, it was, I knew that, I know that it was like, they had like 50 cars. It cost like $60 a car. And then they had eight, you know, eight pods of people that can take their, take their, take their shit and take their take their uh, chairs and stuff and his, sit his up pod, front, right? Yeah, and that yeah. costs the same, right? Yeah. But uh, it was super spaced out and super weird, and it was like a driving concert. And I just knew, even though they were offering me a guarantee and selling these tickets, I, I passed because I knew that my crowd wasn't going to do that.
0: Okay. Like, it's too
1: hard. Like, they want to drink. They want to, like, you know, it's not – they don't want to sit in a car and beep. Yeah. And – and I kind of like don't really want to do a show like that.
0: Like, at least you can res- at least you know that, and you're not just doing it for the money. It's like, no, my crowd won't like this. Can't
1: do no, it. No, it's more like yeah, it's like kind of like more me being scared. I'm like, can I sell tickets to that? Yeah. Because the way people come and consume, you know, what I'm doing is a lot of times it's, it's it's fifty percent the music, and it's fifty percent about the other people that are there and the event and the good in the good time. Mm-hmm. And I see that, and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you think it's gonna look like? You know,
0: I don't know because I don't think about that world. Like, my world is right here, right now, in front. Like, I just need one person. Mm-hmm. But like, when it comes to a live venue, I all I think about is hockey and rinks, and like the the seating is already set up. Yeah. So it's not like I can pick and choose what ring people would go to play in because it's already there. But like live venues, I, I like I said top of my head, I don't even I couldn't even think of anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, because they're always so small and condensed, right? And people are like, you know, when you go to the marquee, everyone's shoulder to yeah. shoulder there. Right? But that's what you want. That's yes, atmosphere. It's awesome. Like yeah. that's amazing. I'm a little scared of what it looks like, half capacity, and no one can, no one is like, and yeah, everyone is just like a little tame. I mean, that might be the reality of it, but it kind of, it's not what I loved about music. But the energy's like, not in the I, room. I guess I have to like adapt. Like what, a, you know. It's weird, right? Yeah, I'm going to miss that. I don't know when that's going to come back, so I should get over it. I'm here in one year, two years, three years. For sure. As soon as they get a vaccine, really. Which, like...
0: Who knows? Yeah, know. who knows? And like, that's going to be such a money grab, that vaccine. Whatever country ends up adopting it.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Like, you think Canada's broke right now because of curb? Wait till we have to pay for the
1: vaccine. Yeah, and, uh, and then Serbs, there's going to be sorry. all the anti anti vaccineers, right? Yeah, there's going to be tons of people oh, that don't yeah, want to take it. For sure. So... I don't know. It's hard to say what it looks like, man. I think that's, like, those small batch shows. I do think that's, like, yeah. for what I'm doing, yeah. you know. I do think that's, like, the way to do it. And you just charge a premium on the ticket. What about, like, weddings? You do weddings? Um, I get asked to do a lot of weddings, and I usually I say no oh, a yeah? lot of times. Yeah, I mean. I thought wait. weddings would be great. Who's getting married this year? I've been to i've I've been to one it was great <laughs> how many weddings do you usually go to not a loss really i feel like i got uh, how old are you 28 28 i'm 30 all my friends are getting married i usually have 12 weddings a year that i get invited to to go to or to play at to go to and definitely to play at but uh no i mean uh, no unless it's a friend or something like that weddings i find are really hard because it's really hard to charge for because they're like we want you to come and uh, we're not sure if you're around Fox Harbor this weekend, but uh, you know if you're if you want to come by and play or play one song, yeah, it's really hard to charge for that because you got to charge for like almost two days. Why he's gonna lug? Well, you, you gotta the go in. there, stay there the night, and it's like, and it's one song, so it's like you do have to charge like full rate of like what I would, what anybody else would, you know. Doesn't matter because I'm, I have to book that day off. Yeah. So sometimes it you end up sounding like an asshole, actually, it's easier to say no than give them a, a stupid price. Yeah, and then. But you know, sometimes it works out, and it's sometimes if it's a fan or something like that. But a lot of times, like sometimes weddings, they they want like play for two hours and they want all this shit, and I don't really, I don't really two hours. Yeah, of like cover songs and stuff like that, which is in my ve- which is in my gag, right? Yeah. So I mean, I'll play two hours of my own stuff, but usually people don't want that. Yeah. But uh, at a wedding. Yeah. So and in most weddings. Got canceled this year. I used to have a fake email for <laughs> weddings, and it was a fake when I was a kid because I was felt so bad for saying no, uh, because I just didn't want to like I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't like it for yeah. some reason. I just didn't like it. I can't explain why. Uh, so I so before I had an actual agent, I had a fake agent called uh, called. Connor McKenzie. <laughs> That's, that Con- sounds real. Connor McKenzie. That's a good name. Connor McKenzie bookings at gmail.com. This is probably in 2015. <laughs> so when so anytime that I got asked to do something, especially from friends or like not friends <laughs> but people that knew me or, or just people I didn't know in general and I just didn't want to sound like an asshole or yeah. say no. Yeah. I hate saying no. It's really, I find it really hard. Yeah. And so I had this fake email and a fake booker. So... I was I'm really soft, but like Connor McKenzie is a huge jerk. <laughs> so, he's like, so he's like, he's not like he's not a jerk, but he was just like he'd either like when I would say like when I want to ask for too much money or like money that I felt that was what I was worth, but I felt still felt guilty asking for yeah, because uh, you know what I mean. I always I never want to ask for too much, and yeah. I never want to. I'm just like it's just the way I am, you yeah. know. So I needed somebody that was was your alter ego almost my alter ego, yeah. I guess. So Connor McKenzie would like he'd be quick to like say he could say no and n- not think about it and it would be off it wouldn't be like, oh Dave, you know, Dave doesn't want to play my fucking wedding. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But so it was Connor McKenzie, but it just went to my email. That's so <laughs> right? funny. So anything that anything that I had to deal with that You didn't want to do that I didn't feel comfortable with or yeah. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I was, I had this fake. Email. That's a great. Little, where'd you learn that? Did you learn? Uh, that, did you do that yourself? You I don't learned know from how. Someone? Where how I learned? I think I just cooked it up. That's like a good business like, little, like, yeah. Especially it's the a, music it's, business. It's, it's a really good business. I mean, I've told a lot of people that, and everyone freaks out over it. Yeah. Especially if it, it was really. It's good when you're by yourself. Okay. And, yeah, and you don't and have, and you don't have you. a manager, and you don't have agent uh, anything else. You know, and it's yeah. So I would also use that email to get to look for look for gigs and look for gigs, especially when I was trying to get into Toronto and trying to get into bigger markets. Because when you're just like, when you're like cold calling people as an artist, people don't really take it seriously until you get a name. But when you have a fake email, so when you're like, when you're panning for gigs and opportunities and stuff like that, uh, to have a represent representative and somebody that's repping you, just really makes it a little more official. I like so, that. Yes, man. It's greasy. I like that. <laughs>
0: Fuck that. It's I don't crazy. care. Here's a hustler. That's a hustler move. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. that's a that's a that's a play.
1: Yeah, so like that was uh oh my god, yeah, I retired that email years ago. People are still emailing it trying to get a hold of yeah, you. Yeah, you both <laughs> win like an E C M A for Booker of the Year <laughs> Is that an actual award, a Booker <laughs> yeah. of the Year? No, I don't know. Agent of the Year, Agent yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's Connor amazing. McKenzie. You're just like, ooh. Connor can't make it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to accept this award on his behalf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's amazing. <yeah. laughs> I love that. Um,
0: all right, we're coming up on an hour here. What are you doing the rest of the day?
1: Uh, i got a few more meetings later on. Oh yeah. um Yeah. That's it, man. That's it. I think I'm just going to work on some stuff. That's it. I got some deadlines for a grant. I write a lot of grants for funding and stuff like that, so I have a completion report I got to do. It's like homework. It sucks. You're just like, oh my God. It sucks. I don't want
0: to go to Nashville. No.
1: Yeah, I I do want to go. I I would love, like, I'm like going shack wacky for sure in in Halifax right now. Can you even get to Nashville? No, no. You can't even get there. No. No, you can't. The borders are closed can't leave the bubble without without uh, two weeks, right? Without doing the two-week quarantine.
0: Yeah, but if you go there and quarantine for two weeks in Nashville, could you do that? You can't get over the border. You can't get over. No, no you just can't even get in. The border's
1: closed. I don't even know when the border's going to open. You can't... I mean, I think it's closed. We just had some hockey guys on the podcast, and they play at, like, BU and all those
0: American schools, and they got in.
1: Yeah, but they have... They're on visas, and they're on different... Oh, okay. They would be on... NCAA's bracket or they something. They would be... Yeah. I mean, I might be wrong. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's like I can't just pick up and go to Nashville. I don't think right now, unless I had work or some sort of work visa or something yeah. like that. But uh, and like those guys that are playing at school, like they're they would be on they would be on a visitors visa, wouldn't they? I have no Because they're there playing hockey for. Over but technically, a year. they're
0: not making money, so I don't know if it's like I don't know, it, I don't know. They're there. Yeah. Cool. Who I don't know. It's awesome. Um, Dave, thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Do you want to thank anyone? Last minute of the podcast podcast is yours. No, Family, to, friends, fan base. No, I want
1: to thank you. Thanks oh, for having man. me. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> no, I'll come back. I
0: didn't even ask any questions. You just ramble. That's what I like. <laughs> I, that makes my job easy. I just sit here and Oh, really? Well, That's great. I
1: appreciate that. Let me talk.
0: All right, man. Nice. Uh everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate the support. Enjoy. What is today? Today's Thursday. The weekend's almost around the corner. Have fun. Enjoy. Stay safe. We are out. Peace.